Hi everybody, welcome to my home. I'm Dennis Prager and this is our fireside chat. There's the fireside and I'm the chatter. It's great to be with you. This is completely unrehearsed. What is the, it's not just unrehearsed. There's another word, unscripted. Scripted. Unscripted, unrehearsed, uh, spontaneous, whatever synonym you can come up with. That's what it is. And that's part of its appeal. I don't wear any makeup, which should be rather obvious. So this is not like regular TV, etc., etc. And on TV, God, if I smoke the cigar, oh, wow. I think it's easier to smoke a joint on TV than a cigar. <laughs> that's part of our lopsided value system, but that's another idea for another time. I got a lot to talk to you about. I'm going to take your questions. First, however, I'd like you to know PragerU is doing a lot of good and we're getting now about 4 million views a day. If I got 4 million views a year, I would have thought PragerU was really having an impact. So we're going to have about half a billion views this year. We are doing good things and we need the people's help because everything is free. And if people didn't help us, we, we couldn't do this work. So a few things and then I'm going to get right to my talks with you. This is the fundraising month just works out that way. August is fundraising month because my birthday's in August. It was already on the 2nd and we just decided why not. By joining this group, we'd like you to join one of our exclusive membership groups. Obviously, whatever anyone gives us, we are deeply, deeply appreciative. But we would like you to know that the most loyal supporters join the Micah Club. Micah named after the prophet Micah who said, Oh man, has God not told you what he really wants from you? And that is to pr pursue justice, love righteousness and mercy and walk humbly with your God. Micah 6, 8. It's very powerful to me. God wants us to be good. That my, my life has been devoted, by the way, to that message. God wants us to be good. Period. It's an amazing thing how simple it is. And how difficult it is to achieve. Prager University will show your their gratitude, its gratitude, for your support with invitations to events like the upcoming Fall Gala, October 17th in Beverly Hills. I'll tell you more about how to do that. That's a $10,000 donation. A million people will see it, young people in particular. We have a benefactor club for $5,000 and it's all tax deductible. Okie dokie, everybody. So, we didn't have a session last week. Is that correct? The reason was I conducted last week at the Walt Disney Concert Hall. So, I think I mentioned it because it was nationally covered, the quote-unquote controversy. But first, I'll tell you all the good stuff. I never dreamed... I never dreamed I would get to conduct orchestras, but that as, was at least a remote thought, but I never even had as it as a remote thought that I would conduct a symphony with an orchestra in a place like Walt Disney Concert Hall, one of the, the most prestigious halls in the world. It was, it was, it was a night that everybody who had, we, some of the people, everybody here went, right? All you guys. It, it was it was just glorious I have to say for the people forget for me it was just glorious and uh, I I was so relieved it was over though I mean 
that's not my field. I am a serious musician, but I'm not a professional. But it really, really went well. You're not allowed to produce whole videos, but I'm, we're going to put excerpts. That's allowed. Excerpts. We're going to put them up at PragerU and at my website, DennisPrager.com. It was quite an evening, and it ended... By the way, it was all sold out, which nobody, including me, predicted. 2,200 seats. Everyone sold out. None, none were free. They were. They averaged between 30 and 250 dollars, and it was sold out. In part because some folks on the left in the orchestra tried to convince all the members of the orchestra not to play for me. 90% of the orchestra showed up, and this is the Santa Monica Symphony Orchestra one of the most liberal left cities in America. But all I wanted to do was make music and not make politics. I wanted to show that music can transcend differences. But some people didn't like that idea. They failed. We, we sold out the place. They made it possible, I think, to sell it out. People bought tickets who have no interest in classical music. But I'll bet a lot of people did get interested in classical music. That's, what, that's why I do it. So it was a big deal. I need a lighter there, okay? The yellow lighter. That was a big deal. I I want to show you, by the way, a bit. Most of you have never seen uh, the uh, this. I'm keeping, by the way, is a souvenir. Really, it'll it'll be with me the rest of my life. The uh, souvenir, as a souvenir. This is the actual score that I used. Can you zoom in, or you don't have to zoom in? And here, where is the baton? And this is the actual baton. I did not have a lighter or a cigar. Here it is. The Symphony Number no. 51 by Haydn. He wrote 104 masterpieces. The guy is my favorite. And I got carried away. Do you know there were times while I was conducting, I closed my eyes. And I just thought, this, I'll never have this experience again. I've conducted a lot before, but, you know, this wonderful orchestra in this incredible hall. So I closed my eyes at times, and I tried to just sort of leave this world. And I did. It worked, because I was also conducting at the same time. I didn't stop conducting just to enjoy the moment. Music is very powerful to me. It has been with me my whole life. And I, uh, I try to bring my love of it to other people. And it, and it works because I, I transmit some of the beauty, not by, by conducting, but after I conduct, I, I show people how the composer constructed different parts. And it, it blows people's minds, including my mind. My mind's, that's funny, my mind. Anyway, that's why we didn't have a show last week. I didn't have a fireside chat. So, uh, what else uh, do we... Are we going to... Co oh, okay, so this is great. All right, so uh, what's on your mind, everybody? By the way, oh, I would like you to look, please. Please make a note of this. I wrote the longest column of my life. Columns are supposed to be 750 words. I worked very hard. I worked very hard on my on my syndicated column each week. 
but this one I worked super hard on. It's 2,500 words, but it reads fast. It's not a, it's not a book. I'd like you to read it. I would like you to see how the press, the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, and NPR covered me. Not the night I conducted, covered the controversy that a few of the left-wing musicians made calling me a hate-filled bigot. And you will understand why President Trump calls them the fake news. And I don't call them names. I simply analyze the non-truths that they purvey and how they get away with it. And you'll find it fascinating. I dissect the coverage of my doing the symphony in the New York Times, LA Times, and NPR. So you can find that is it's titled uh, how the how the media operate. It's a town hall. It's at National Review, and it's at DennisPrager.com. But again, if you want to understand the the crisis, and it is, it's a serious crisis of credibility with regard to the media, you should read that column. Okay, Jake 18. Yeah, I like to know the ages. If you're 88, I'm also happy. Oh, first before the questions, we have a special guest. That's correct. So I am delighted to introduce you to Corinna Lopez. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Corinna and spell Corinna. Yes, K-A-R-I-N-A. K-A-R-I-N-A. I will never forget that now. Karina. <laughs> Karina is uh, been, you have been uh, working at uh, PragerU this summer. Yes, I've been working in production, assisting. And you're Jerry's. a student at? Santa Monica College. What are you studying? Political science. <laughs> One minute, I need a puff. Uh, you are terrific. Thank you. Yeah, that's the job. I took a vote. <laughs> and they voted uh, eight to two that you were terrific. Two. Who were the two that voted <laughs> that I wasn't terrific? Was it Jared? <laughs> it's, this is, it's like an old uh, Jewish joke. <laughs> the, um, the rabbi got sick and uh, they sent him a note. The board of directors voted nine, seven to wish you a speedy recovery. <laughs> So I always think of that. I love that joke. It's dark humor. I love dark humor. So Karina, you, uh, how did you find out? Were you in PragerU, the Prager Force? Were you a Prager Force member before yeah, you came I'm, to us? Yeah, I'm a Prager Force member. That's how I got this job this summer. Um, I learned about PragerU from my American history teacher when I was a junior in high school. That is awesome. Yeah. The teacher really did. Yeah. Is, was it known in your high school that this teacher was not on the left? I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call him conservative. That's why I said not on the yeah. left. I purposely was, said that. It was known that he was more open-minded. Open-minded is bad didn't, enough. He didn't. Yeah, that that's. I don't care if he's left, yeah. right, center. He's, I want him to be open-minded. Yeah. So he introduced you to some of our videos. Yeah, we were. I was in his classroom. I used. I, I used to love hanging out with him at lunch because he he would listen to me ramble on about politics and he said that he thought I would be interested in these videos that were being produced by PragerU and started watching them and I was interested in them. And here I am now. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. 
So when did you join Prager Force at Santa Monica Community College or in high school? At Santa Monica College. Um, at, Santa, at Santa Monica yeah. College. And tell everybody just in a nutshell what Prager Force is. So Prager Force is a student ambassador program for Prager U. It's this incredible program. Um, we have a network of international students, students from all around the world who just love PragerU. And your main responsibilities as a member of Prager Force are to share two PragerU videos per month, any videos that you want. And from then on, your levels of involvement can vary. Um, we have four different committees that you can join. And you're just provided so many incredible opportunities as a member of Prager Force. I mean, I've been working at the PragerU offices, which has been just such a dream. I, I went on a trip to Israel with PragerU because of Prager Force, and I've met so many of my political heroes. I mean, I'm sitting here with Dennis Prager today, so that's sweet. It's it's incredible. Everyone should join. All you have to do is text Prager Force, one word, Prager Force, to six four six zero zero. I didn't know any of that. Six four six zero zero. That's great. So why did you enjoy it? Why did I enjoy my this internship? summer? This summer with uh, this summer. with. It gave me a new found appreciation for PragerU and what we do there and the impact that we're having because I really got to see the behind the scenes process and all the work that goes into these five minute videos and I've also gotten to read what people think of the videos and hear their feedback and it's it's been really it's been really rewarding and and all the wonderful people i mean yeah. i gotta believe that that's oh, a huge yeah. thing yeah to I be surrounded by the office i know it's they're such a great environment it's gonna be so i gotta to say the prager force quality has been the type of person is just it moves me very deeply anyway we really enjoyed you and we're gonna miss you oh, i'm gonna miss everyone here too i know he's gonna miss you oh <laughs> I never saw him this relaxed. Look at that. He's almost falling asleep. <laughs> All right. Well, bless you, Karina. We really, uh, we really adore you. Okie dokie. Time for questions. Is that correct? There we go. Jake, 18, from Frederick, Maryland. Dennis, what are your thoughts on ESPN pulling reporter Robert Lee from reporting a football game? Okay. I have to control myself. Okay, I'm calm. I'll tell you my first thought. My first thought is it is no longer possible to parody the left. By the way, whenever I say left, I mean, I don't mean liberals. I adore liberals. I still think I am a liberal, but I'm called a conservative, which is fine. I'm happy to be called a conservative. I'm proud of it. But I haven't abandoned any of my liberal values that I grew up with and was a Democrat till uh, Ronald Reagan. Anyway, I, uh, I can no longer make any jokes. This, the absurdity of this that ESPN did is the absurdity level is so high, I can't make up a joke any longer and people will say, oh, you made that up. This guy is Chinese American, so his name is Lee, okay? And he's, he's a sportscaster, a football broadcaster for 20 years uh, with ESPN or with others, I don't know, but for 20 years, and now he's with ESPN. And they, they, they decided it wouldn't be a good idea for him to announce the, the UVA, University of Virginia football game from Charlottesville, because his name is Robert Lee. And they keep defending themselves. 
this is how bad it's gotten. Look, Google fired a guy, a guy working at Google, because he wrote an, an internal memo with regard to his views on why there aren't more women in certain areas of, of uh, IT and, and tech. Is it the, the, the preoccupation of the media is with the neo-Nazis and the, and the uh, white supremacists. Okay. Uh, as a Jew, let alone as anything, as, as a human, let alone as a Jew, my hatred of Nazism is, is, is beyond description. But not, Nazis in the United States pose no threat. They're nothing. Nothing. Their numbers are nothing. Their influence is nothing. It's nothing. It's a non-issue. The issue, the threat to the United States is coming from the far left, not the far right. They're the ones who, who uh, take over deans and presidents of colleges' offices. They're the ones who initiate violence in uh, in so many demonstrations, closing down bridges and tunnels and, and highways. I mean, th that's, that's, that's the fear. They're the ones shooting. It's not right-winger shooting cops. It wasn't a right-winger who shot up. Remember the congressman, or is that now in the memory hole of history? I said then, I wrote then, it's going to be forgotten in a few days, and it has been. Guy went to, sh to kill every member of Congress who was a Republican, uh, at the uh, at the baseball practice that they were having that's where the real danger is but they control the media and the universities and the high schools so you especially you young people all you hear is is neo-nazis 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 they're nothing they're nothing the the real the real threat is is that is the unraveling of the american revolution which is which is being done by the left and I mean that literally, like freedom of speech. You know that half of young people in this country don't believe in freedom of speech for hate speech, which of course means they don't believe in freedom of speech because everybody determines what the hate speech is, that the speeches that they don't like is hate speech. Do conservative students ever shut down a left-wing speaker at a college? It's, it's unheard of. It hasn't happened once. But left-wing students shut down conservatives who come to colleges regularly. You know how many you know how, how many uh, uh, videos of PragerU YouTube has uh, put on the restricted list, which is supposed to be for violence and sex. We have, we, don't, we have violence and sex in any in any uh, PragerU video. No, of course not. My, what is the number now? Twenty four. How many of our videos? It's over thirty now. It's over thirty. Is it true about the do not murder? By the way, or was that a rumor? I have to check. I check it. it, it it's it, that would be the ultimate. If the video that I happen to have done on, on the Ten Commandments, which includes do not murder, if they turn that down, here I am spending five minutes telling people not to murder, and that's taken down, if it's taken down. By the way, any, it's, there, any one they take down is an absurdity. The shutting down of liberty in this country doesn't happen from the right. It happens from the left, only from the left. Not from liberals, not from liberals. But liberals don't have the courage to attack the left. That's my beef with liberals. Not what they believe, but their lack of courage in standing up to the left. That's the problem with liberals. 
because they have been brainwashed too to think that the enemy is the right. Conservatives are not the enemy of liberals. The left is the enemy of liberals. That's what I think of the Robert Lee issue. Noah 18 from San Ramon, California and a Prager Force member. Thank you. Dennis, the Bible teaches us that God loves all of his children, but some of his creations commit terrible acts of evil. Does God love them too? I don't think so. I this uh, this is one of the rare times where uh, fellow religious conservatives and I differ, especially my 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 favorite in many ways, Christians uh, who are uh, who are conservative as I am and who are oriented toward biblical wisdom and insight. I I don't think God loves truly evil people. The idea that this is this is a fascinating issue. By the way, I don't have a problem with those who believe it. This is. This is a theological question, not a moral question. But if God loves everybody equally, that means in, to a certain extent that God doesn't prefer goodness because if, if, if let's forget God, it, you know, people say, well, what if your son were a mass murderer? If my son were a mass murderer, I would love him less, <laughs> to be honest, okay? Uh, I mean, there's, there's always going to be an element that's my child, and you can't, a parent can't end that. That's, that's primal. You, your child is your child. I understand that. But you know, if my, look, we are all God's children. That's, that was the premise of the question, and it is correct. So that means that a murderer is murdering another child of God. If one of my children kill murdered another one of my children i wouldn't love him <laughs> I, I i would just have fury right i mean remember it's not just the murderer who was god's child it's the murdered who was god's child too so this is not this is not a teaching that i have by the way god says to the jews when he cho chooses them as the chosen people in the in the bible he says but if you know what you're not going to be precious to me if you abandon my ways, if you become evil, I, you're not precious anymore. Okay? There is such a thing as conditional love in the Bible. I'm, I'm not a fan of unconditional love. I, I don't understand. No matter how you act, I keep loving you. Does anybody say that to anybody? If a woman is, is abused by her husband, oh, honey, you know, I still love you no matter how much you abuse me. You say to somebody who is, you know, or to, or to a woman who does it, I mean, it's the same thing, man or woman. Okay. Jason, 16 from Minneapolis, asked Dennis, did you have a favorite class in high school? If so, what was it? It's a great question. I think my favorite class in high school was French, because I love languages, and because I, I knew that I needed a teacher. It's, it's very hard to learn a language on your own. I don't know who's done it. I'm sure people can do it. I can't. You, you need a teacher to, to really uh, learn a language, I think. So I, I really loved my French class, and I remember my teacher, may he rest in peace, I'm sure he's passed away quite some time ago, Oscar Rosenthal. He's a very funny man, too. So, Oscar, hats off. I also liked one of my and I went to a high school it was a Jewish high school not meaning a high school for Jews obviously the kids were Jewish but 
it was Jewish. Half the day was in Hebrew, and half the day was in English. And the half day in Hebrew was all religious studies. It, it was intense. I, I learned a lot. And I had one Bible teacher uh, who was just magnificent, Amnon Harabati. That's, I remember, I remember. It's funny, you don't remember college teachers, but you remember high school teachers, I think, more. And anyway, that's what I liked. Other than that, I spent most of my time in class laughing. I, I, it sounds awful. I horsed around for four years. I did no homework. I, 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 I just made it through graduation. And I, I have to say it was pr for me, it was the right decision. You know what I was doing, by the way, just, just for the record. I wasn't, when I wasn't doing homework, I wasn't partying or watching TV. One of the things I was doing is learning how to read symphonic scores. And it paid off. Okie doke. Otto Peliano, if that is the correct pronunciation. 18 from Bucharest, Romania. Bucharesti, Traiaska. I was in Romania under Ceausescu when it was communist. I got to go back. One minute, one minute. Mm, oh, it died. Dennis, you traveled to totalitarian regimes when you were young. What are some observations and difference you noticed between free societies and unfree ones? Oh, boy, could I, I could spend the hours talking about the difference between totalitarian societies and free ones. One of the biggest differences is how boring life in a totalitarian state is. Everything about it is boring. I remember when I first went to uh, Soviet Union, every building was gray. There was no color. There was no visual. The only visual color were, was red for communist posters because there's no ads either. I remember when I, after I spent a month in the Soviet Union when I was 20 or 21, and I came back to the West, the first thing that hit me was how much color there is, including thing, something I hated before and then I stopped hating forever, advertisements on billboards. Oh, it was alive. You know, buy Fred's used cars. I loved it. Also, people laugh in the street in free societies. They talk, they laugh. Nobody laughs in a totalitarian state. Or they drink their, their way through, uh, through life. That's why it's called totalitarian. It, is, it takes over your life totally. The worst example ever in human history is North Korea. You are told when to laugh and when to cry. You can only hear in every apartment to the, if that most people don't even have an apartment. They live in shacks, but those who have apartments, there's a speaker and it never can be shut off. It could be lowered in volume, but it can't be shut off. I interviewed North Korean defectors in South Korea and it can't, it can't be shut off. The words of the regime are bombarded at you all the time, even when you are going to sleep. That's all you hear. It's terrible curse. Christopher, 
No age on Christopher? Let's give him an age. 106. Hi, Christopher. Hope you're doing well. Dennis, how do adult siblings maintain a close relationship if they live far apart? The same way adult friends would. You call each other up. You Skype. You, you FaceTime. You... Now, today, it's easier than ever to, to maintain contact. But, you know, it's, it's a very mixed bag with adult siblings. Some are close. I, I have a theory, and I, I have no idea if it's true, but I, I live on theories. I have a theory that sisters are more likely to be quite close as adults than brothers. I think brothers love each other. That's a not. That's a, but I, I still think uh, there's a sister, uh, a more likely that sisters will do that. My father loved his brother very much, but my mother was very close to her sisters. Just that's the one example I have uh, intimately. But it's up to you. If you want to remain close, you remain close. See, make sure to see each other. Make sure to talk on the phone. Closeness has to be cultivated, like everything else that's good in life. You have to you have to work at it. Just a comment from Michael in Byron Center, Michigan. Hey, did I not say the other day we're not getting enough feedback from Byron Center? Un I can't believe it. Dennis, keep up the good work. Thank you. I, I appreciate that a lot. I intend to. You're obviously effective based on the amount of space you occupy in leftist's heads. <laughs> oh, God, don't start me. That's true. Thank you. Sarah in Columbia, Maryland. Dennis, do you believe there should be term limits on members of Congress? Yes, I do. Um... The founders of, of the United States of America did not envision lifelong politicians. They thought you, you do something productive with your life, and, and of course it is productive to be in Congress too, obviously, but you then devote some years to public service and leave. That, was, that, was, that, would, be, that would be better. Uh, George McGovern, who ran for president and lost uh, almost every state, I think he only won Massachusetts, George McGovern was a left-wing Democrat nominated, very nice man, senator from South Dakota. I don't remember many of the particulars, but after he left the Senate, he then started a business and then acknowledged how hard it is to start a business and how, how, many, how much there were too many rules governing business that make it almost impossible for many people to start a business and then employ people. It was only when he became a businessman that he realized how much he had voted on to make it hard for people to make a business. Ben 25 from South Africa. Give us the city. I've been all over South Africa. I'd like to know where. Why has there been such a unique hatred of Jews for millennia? Okay, I wrote a book on it. You should read it. You'd love it. It's called Why the Jews, the Reason for Anti-Semitism. It's in its third edition. It has been in print for about 35 years, but we keep up updating the preface and so on. But what we wrote, uh, we is because I co-authored it. And uh, it is a very, very, very important subject for non-Jews because Jew hatred is an indication of 
bad things are coming to everybody. Hitler started with the Jews and 55 zero million people died as a result of Hitler. Had he had people understood that the Jew hater is going to hate all of civilization, they would have stopped him early and saved not just the 6 million Jews in the Holocaust, but 50 million people told all told because of, uh, of Hitler. To answer your question, I believe that ultimately it is a, it is a result of Jewish chosenness. And I, I have a whole theory on that maybe another time. Whether people believe in it or not, it has been a very serious thing. People take it seriously. They don't laugh at the idea of this tiny people having a divine role in history. Most Jews don't believe they have a divine role. Most Jews are not religious or religiously believing, but that's a big factor. The other is the Jews introduced something into the world that nobody likes, a God who judges them. In the ancient world, gods were not moral judges. The Jews introduced a universal moral judge into the world. And for that, as one a Catholic writer wrote, Edward Flannery, they have never been forgiven. So once again, my friends, this is a fundraising month for Prager University. And uh, there are all sorts of clubs for, for bigger donors. The Micah Club at $10,000 make it possible for a million young people and old people too, to see the PragerU videos. You and a guest will receive a complimentary invitation to PragerU's fall gala or gala in Beverly Hills, where I will interview special guest Nigel Farage from the UK. And I will extend an invitation for you to visit the radio program in person to show my thanks. $5,000, you you will also receive a complimentary invitation to attend the PragerU. Anyway, call 323, if you can remember, is the number on the screen? No, we, we're not that sophisticated. Well, the link's also in the post. Links are in the post? Mm -hmm. Whatever that means, the links are in the post. There are no posts in the link? No. No. 323-577-2437 <laughs> or go to PragerU.com. Is that it for today? It looks like it is. So, I want to tell you, I like these, uh, these fireside chats. It's a chance to talk human to human, right? It's no speech, no script, no nothing. It's the real deal. Karina, we're going to miss you. So you got to stay in our life. I would love to. Yeah. What year are you in? I'm going into my second year. Going into your second year. Great. So, and don't forget, if you're in college or high school, Prager Force, you'll meet great people and you'll do a lot of good. So until next week, thanks for watching.